welcome to another episode of Devotional, an audio resource for daily living. My name is Ariel, and this is episode 7. So once again, we meet uh, outside in the sidewalks of Canton, Michigan. I am taking my little girl for our early morning stroll and Haggerty Street is already busy with commuters, I guess, people going shopping. Um, but anyways, I'm enjoying the nice fall weather that we're having here in Michigan. And I'm not sure where you'll be listening to these, but I hope you're also enjoying this uh, wonderful season of transition. We've been going through um, quite a bit of material so far, so I think it's important to have a little bit of a review. We've talked about the experience, the initial beginning of the spiritual journey, and it begins with the recognition of our spiritual poverty. It leads us to mourn the realization of what we are actually are or what we have been and we never really noticed we never really noticed the poverty that the spiritual poverty that existed within us and of course we define that not as outward behaviors but the source of our motives and uh, desires that leads us to behaviors and that is selfishness and pride we begin to recognize how much of that governs our lives and we mourn it then it leads us to an attitude of humility or meekness and all of this I really like the illustration that I used on one of the last episodes of those drawings that we may have seen as children or I don't know you can YouTube this of individuals that will draw a little figurine in one piece of paper and then draw the same figurine but a little different in the following paper and They'll do that a couple of times, and then they'll um, flip the, the little the papers, the pages, and you'll see this uh, effect of motion, animation is what it's called. You may have seen this uh, in some of the Walt Disney documentaries when they would draw Mickey Mouse and the pages would flip, and all of a sudden, the static image becomes mobile. Well. This is what we begin to see through the Beatitudes. We got one glimpse of one aspect, but as I said, this is one flowing. They're all connected. None of these are isolated or fragmented experiences. One is built and overlaps and is dependent upon the other. So now we're going to talk about the Beatitude of when Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, we talked a bit more on a previous episode of what is righteousness, right? And the definition, at least the Greek word for it, is simply justice. And uh, when we talked about this in a previous episode, it was God giving us the justice we need, but not the justice we deserve. And when you use that, when that is exercised, when you are a recipient of justice needed, but not justice deserved, the Bible calls that mercy. And in the next uh, podcast episode or the next Beatitude, we'll see how beautifully this transitions right into it, how, how it segues 
right into one from the other. But right now, we are seeing a, a very strong similarity to the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor. Blessed, blessed are those who recognize a lack. And now, Jesus says, blessed are those who thirst and hunger. Whereas he used a, an economical uh, word to help us understand this experience, the poverty. You know, people that are poor sense their need. They sense their lack. Well, now God, uh, Jesus uses a, a more universal and a, and a more personal, intimate experience we all share. Even the rich, even those that have a lot of means, even wealthy people experience thirst. Even well-educated people experience hunger. And Jesus is using something that we cannot ignore, something that gnaws at us. I mean, when it's lunchtime, when I was a any any line of work when i was still in high school and working summer jobs landscaping and we'd be out there from like 7 30 in the morning mulching and cutting grass and weeding and doing all these things we knew when it was lunchtime without having to look at a clock because man our our stomachs were starting to set off some, all sorts of alarms inside of our heads feed me feed me so we would we start looking at the clock. Hey, man, we still got 30 more minutes till lunchtime, and you can't focus anymore. You, you start seeing pieces of food everywhere. We start seeing hamburgers and rocks and begin to see bananas in sprinklers. And uh, that's all you can think of, food. And when you're thirsty, I think that in some ways thirst is even a stronger impulse, a stronger yearning, a stronger desire in us. That hunger, because you, you may know this from some medical literature, that we can um, live several days without food, but not without water. We need water with greater frequency and greater amounts than we do food. We're about 70 to 80% water, our brains, it's about 70 to 80% water, and we need it. We need to replenish that. So Jesus uses the strongest, most driving yearning need sensation that we experience on a daily basis and he applies it to a spiritual experience and whereas in the first beatitude it simply says blessed are the poor um here jesus it, it, it highlights and expands on this experience of i am aware that i need whereas in the first beatitude there's a bit of uncertainty as to what that need is i just recognize i'm poor i'm lacking what are you lacking i'm not sure now through by this part by this time as we move forward now we are very specific as to what it is i am hungering what it is that i am lacking and it is righteousness blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness now we don't have to develop it so much because we did that on the first one when we talked about the kingdom because Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And we, we talked about what, how Jesus this defined a primary component of this kingdom, and it is righteousness. When Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, um, at the end of the last verse, verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus puts primacy in this experience, uh, on this pursuit. Um, of the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God. So now it makes total sense that as we begin to own this sense of lack, 
this um, awareness, this growing awareness that my life is not all complete. I have achieved my goals. I have achieved my career goals. I have achieved my social goals. You know, I, now I'm, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I, I have a family or I got married. Um, I thought I would feel complete by now. With all of my goals um, having been met, you would think you would have a sense of satisfaction, but without God, there is this continual sense that there is something else, there's something missing, there's something that needs to transcend um, this uh, material attainment, academic attainment. There has to be a spiritual component that we yearn for, we hunger and thirst for within us. Jesus tells us that this is righteousness. We're going to spend a little bit more time on this when we come back right after this short break. So you know by now, we're going to be looking at a Bible verse, a verse that is uh, somewhat tied to what we're talking about, but a verse that also gives us encouragement, direction. And I'm going to share with you a verse in which Jesus experienced hunger. When Jesus was here on earth, he got baptized, and the Bible tells us that he was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit and 40 days fasted, neither ate or drank anything. And in the Gospel of Mark, it tells us specifically that at the end of this period, the cumulative hunger, the cumulative sense of uh, the bodily need uh, became aware all of a sudden. He hungered. I don't know how long, how, how long you've ever gone without eating food. The longest I've done it is three days, and that was intentional. Um, man, by the second day, I was chewing on my pillowcase. My, uh, I was uh, dreaming about food. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about food. Three days without food and, and I just couldn't endure it and by the time that I knew that I was gonna have breakfast I couldn't wait and uh, it was you know of course I ate more than I normally would have Jesus has gone 40 days and he's experiencing hunger and the first temptation that he experiences is about doing something he agreed he would not do Jesus agreed that uh, he would come and live a life as a human being. He would uh, intentionally and willingly refuse to use his divine attributes, his divine powers, his divine authority for anything for personal protection, personal gain. Actually, he would depend completely on God the Father for everything he would do here on earth. So the temptation was, if you are who you, who you say you are, if you are God in the flesh, convert these stones into bread and Jesus here gives us a verse that I want to share with you right now Jesus quotes from the book of Deuteronomy and he says it is written man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God as we're talking about hungering and thirsting and righteousness there is a source a direct source for this and Jesus points to it. It is His Word. I want to encourage you. Don't just listen to these podcasts. Take some time. Pull that book out. Read it. It is the food to your soul.
So, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, Jesus, again, is pointing to something that you and I know what it feels like. Now, how, how do we get to feel like this, right? I mean, I know how I get to feed, feel hungry and thirst. I just skip a couple of meals, I just don't drink anything, and I'll be extremely thirsty. After I'm done walking with my little girl, I will be thirsty. Um, I should have brought a water bottle. <laughs> That's what my wife would say. <laughs> but um, in any case, I did bring one for my little girl. So she will not get thirsty, but I will get thirsty. But how do we get to experience this thirsting and hungering after righteousness? I want to remind you to a verse we looked at in the Gospel of John chapter 16. It, in the, when Jesus describes the work of one of the persons of the deity of the Godhead, you have God the Father, you have Jesus, who's God the Son, and then you have the person of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus describes the, the primary goal, work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Jesus summarized that in John chapter 6, verse 16, chapter 16, and verse 8, when it says that when the Holy Spirit would come, the Spirit of truth, He would convict the world of three things. And it's the first one is sin, the second one is righteousness, and the third one is judgment. I want to spend a little bit of time on that verse because, um, as you may have guessed it, this is where we get the hunger. God begins to make us aware of what we have been yearning and craving for. When the Holy Spirit begins to work in the human heart, He begins this um, focusing on and bringing to our awareness that there's something missing, isn't there? And once you acknowledge, you know what? There is. There's, there's an inexpressible longing, an inexpressible, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there is a yearning after something and then I'm not quite sure what it is. That is the Spirit of God provoking an awareness of something that it has always been there. We just you know, didn't recognize it. Sorry about that. Had a, I guess the, Detroit is not just famous for the potholes on the streets, but on the sidewalks too. <laughs> Humongous pothole on the sidewalk. And, uh, but I'm okay. I didn't fall. The phone fell. So anyways, thank God for cases. Um, so the Holy Spirit begins to um, bring to our awareness the, there is a need. But what? A need of what? And then the Holy Spirit points to it. And how do I become aware? How do I get to thirst after righteousness is in proportion as to how I yield to the conviction of the Spirit of my sin. Sin is the opposite of uh, righteousness. One of the classes that I took uh, when I was preparing to be a nurse in physiology, AMP1, Anatomy and Physiology 1, was, uh, of course, learning how the body functions. And to me, it was interesting that what drives us to breathe, you know, we take in oxygen and out oxygen, we need oxygen, and, you know, we, we, we talk about the pure air. And, of course, there's other gases intermingled there, but the primary one we focus is oxygen. And so I used to always think that what makes me want to breathe more, like when I'm playing soccer, 
is my sense of need of oxygen. But it's the very opposite. What triggers my body to take a breath is the buildup of the byproducts of metabolism. Carbon monoxide. Um, when that builds up, when that gas builds up in the blood, we have sensors that trigger the sense of, I need to take a breath. It is not the lack or the absence of oxygen, but it is actually the buildup of the, the byproducts of metabolism that bring to my awareness, I need to take a breath. So I found that fascinating because in the human body, we see here a tangible illustration of what happens in the spiritual realm. What causes my hunger and thirsting for righteousness is not an awareness of the lack of righteousness, but of the presence and abundance of sin. And the Holy Spirit does precisely that. It brings to me a clear view of how even the things that I thought were done because I'm nice, I'm such a nice person, the motive behind those nice behaviors was actually selfishness. I did nice things so that people could praise me. I would do kind things to kind of make up for the things that I feel are not so good in my life. Kind of like God, I feel like I'm in a balance and my bad deeds are kind of outweighing the good. So let me, you know, feed a couple of stray puppies and uh, get that turtle out of the middle of the road and, you know, throw some breadcrumbs through the pigeons and now I feel good, you know, save the whales type of thing. None of those, none of those things are wrong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, taking care of animals and things like that. Yes, by all means. The question is, why are you doing it? Do you even know why you do the good things in your life? Without the Holy Spirit taking us beyond the surface, beyond the shell of behaviors, then we begin to recognize, I am doing this really for the wrong reason. And there's this principle in the scriptures that good things done with bad reasons or for bad motives become bad. Just like when you multiply any number by zero, the result is zero. Doesn't matter how big the number is, you know, five quadrillion times zero equals zero. And no matter how much good things one does with the wrong motives, with selfish motives, as far as God is concerned, it's selfishness. And it is wrong. It is sin. And we can't really distinguish or recognize that unless there's an outside power making us aware of that. And that is the, that is the Holy Spirit. So when you begin to recognize that you are not where you would like to be or you're not the person you thought you were, you need to be happy about that. And we hammer that on the first beatitude, right? Uh, blessed are the poor. You're happy when you know you have a need. And now you are happy when you begin to recognize why you need righteousness. Because you don't have any. We don't have any. And God is more than willing to do it because the promise is, blessed are those who thirst and hunger after righteousness for they shall be filled. It's not if they shall be filled when they grovel and beg for it or I make them really feel really bad about it. No. Um, I want to make one last point before we close this one. Um, when I used to play soccer in school, I used to uh, leave the soccer field and I had to walk about 10 blocks home, which is hard because soccer practice was in the summer. This is Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And we used to practice at a high school called John Harris. And I used to have to walk all the way down to 13th Street. 
and that was a long walk down state street sometimes i would take out market but halfway halfway my, my mom would give us change halfway was a 7-eleven and i would look forward to that 7-eleven because there was air conditioning number one so we take a nice little break inside and i would use the change that my mom would give me to quench my thirst now you may guess that you know as a how old was i 15 16 year old when i saw the options that a 7-eleven afforded me aquafina was not at the top of the list neither was dasani or any kind of distilled or spring water you know avion none of those things i wanted mountain dew that was my favorite thirst thirst quenching fluid liquid to satisfy this deep thirst you know i had been three hours uh, with this coach from a country in africa that killed us during soccer practice and my legs were still shaking from the from the practice and i was totally dehydrated especially for the walk home i was thirsty so i walk over to the, the cold section and pull out a can of mountain dew and i will walk up to the counter eagerly waiting for the cash register to take my money give me my soda and while still inside that wonderful haven of air-conditioned environment i would pop open the lid and start guzzling that thirst quenching fluid at least that's what the commercials say right well i think you know and i don't need to expound too much on the reality that that thing did not quench my thirst at all in fact um it did give me a little bit of a buzz and energy to make it home but it did not at all satisfy my thirst because it was loaded with sugar but more than that it has this ingredient called caffeine you're familiar with pharmacology um, you know that caffeine, besides giving you a nice nervous rush, also is a diuretic. A diuretic is uh, an element, a compound that it draws fluid out of your cells. It actually dehydrates you. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that I was craving, in my thirst, I was craving for that which would rob me of the very things I was in need of. I needed water. And this beverage, instead of, it was fooling me. Yes, I was taking in fluid, but this fluid was loaded with a substance that would rob me of my fluids, my, my water. And so I would end up becoming worse off by taking this in than if I had not drunk anything at all. I don't think I need to make too much uh, a application of this illustration into our spiritual lives. Chances are, you and I are vainly attempting to quench this hunger and thirst after righteousness with something else. Yes, I'll be honest with you, that cold Mountain Dew did have a sense of satisfaction as I was drinking it. As it was going down my throat with the fizz and the bubbles and the coldness, yes, I was like, oh, I wish this can was bigger. But the reality, the inward reality, was completely opposite of what my experience was telling me. And this, I think, is something we need to take note of. The Bible is not lying to you and I. What you are hungering and thirsting for is not more money. Your lack, your need is not that. You're not a, you don't need a relationship. In fact, you don't even need 
things like what the world you know craves after sexual pleasures and uh, other things that fall under those categories that you know people say that love make, makes the world go around it doesn't it's greed and sensuality lust that's what sells so that's what people are drinking in are stuffing themselves with and yet feel no more satisfied after they partaken of these things than if had they had never partaken of it in fact just like me with that mountain dew they recognize they're starting to feel worse off i want to make an appeal to you that maybe maybe um, you need to cut back on some of the things that you think are satisfying you and by faith just by trust try it out try out spending some time on the verses we're reading at pull out the bible or put it out on, on audio there's uh in the bible app that you can get for free if you have a phone a smartphone chances are if you're listening to this on a smartphone you already may have this app but you may not know that it has free audio listen to it while you go to work as well i would prefer for you to listen to the bible than these podcasts because you are thirsty for something that even i cannot provide for you even i as a pastor i am not a dispenser of righteousness that comes from god on the next one we'll continue on the next podcast we will continue to develop even further this hungering and thirsting after righteousness but if you're thirsty get some water and if you're yearning for something real reach for god's word god bless